0: Did you know that this is episode 350 of this podcast? We've done 350? 350. 350. <laughs> it's funny because I was about to say, and we haven't even run out of things to talk about yet. Before we hit record, <laughs> we were like, "What should we talk about?" I don't know. Let's just, I don't know. I thought you had I an I idea. Don't know.
1: We've done 350 yeah, yeah. episodes. Long pause. <clears throat> yep. Uh. Well, that's incredible.
0: 300. And we haven't yeah, seen each crazy. other.
1: We haven't all been in the same room in <laughs> three years. It's been a very long time. It's been a very long time.
2: What episode are yep. we up to? 350? <laughs> Welcome to the
0: podcast. <laughs> no, I, was just re- I was reading
2: an email. I'm sorry. So I thought I had to deal with something important. I didn't.
0: Enter stage left. Yep. 350. Pretty wild. Anyway, <laughs> what's up? Are we rolling? What have you guys been doing? Yeah, we're rolling. I think oh, we're I rolling. We're still
2: pre-show. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really thought this was pre-show. I got an oh. email from somebody, and I was making sure it wasn't an emergency. But I, I'm good. I'm doing really good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Good. Good. No, good. Things, things oh. are good. It's spring cleanup. <laughs> There's your major, show voice. <laughs> major spring cleanup. No, really, honestly, it's been. Oh God, all winter long. Like Anybody that lives in a farmhouse just knows that if you have room, just all winter long, everything's going to get dealt with in April or May. And Mm
1: -hmm.
2: now it's the beginning of April, and I'm dealing with piles of junk, piles of garbage, piles of material that I'll just deal with when the change comes and the snow and the ice are gone. Big major cleanup at the shop, thanks to Rob Rojas, came and initiated a big cleanup. Uh, Looking at machines, trying to decide, you guys will be very proud of me. Last night, I was like literally nail-biting buying another Chevy truck. Oh, wow. And I started thinking, I was yeah. like, what have so I got I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I got, no, I got this. I got that. I was like, you know what? I don't need this right now. This is too many. Because
1: it was a good deal. No, I want uh-huh. you to buy the trucks. Stop it. Hmm.
2: Okay, hold on. i got time to change my mind.
1: Yeah. No, but I
2: really was like on the edge of my seat. About to buy another really cool, big, giant, old, square body, really good shape, beautiful, giant, crazy, hard to find body style. And then I was just like, oh, I got so many things to do. This is not, this is more of a distraction and a money suck than anything else. So
1: mm.
2: passed on it. I was like, Bob will be proud of me.
0: Yeah. But in, I, if it yes. was a
2: Land Cruiser, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, so I, I, I. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. If there's any subject that we, we couldn't come up with one in a minute ago, but if we could come up with a subject, it would be like those nail-biting situations where you know you shouldn't, but you really want to. You know, mm. we can talk about that in a minute. But uh, I have a busy week this week. I'm traveling to do some business stuff, uh, so I won't. I don't think I'll have a video this week. I definitely won't, unless I could come up with a good idea after the podcast that I could finish by this evening. I don't think I'll have a video this week.
1: What color tie do you wear to your business meetings?
2: Invisible. <laughs> I wear an invisible tie. I wear it up around the top of my head, like you know, a guy that drunk after like a corporate party, right? Yeah. That's usually where I wear it above my ears, like with the knot just over my temple. That's usually how I wear my tie. Awesome. <laughs> I don't, it's oh. so funny. I remember feigning being interested in having a tie, like Going through my closets, and I just said, I'm never, I'm never going to wear another tie ever in my life. There's no reason When was the
0: last time you wore a tie? Probably to somebody's wedding.
1: Oh, well, you know what we should talk about is your Miami Vice photo that you posted on Facebook the other day.
2: Which one was that?
1: You posted a, a photo of you from, from the 80s. Uh, uh, holding a guitar? Uh, uh, no. You were with uh, some, some lady in the photo, and it was, it was a happy birthday on, photo. Oh, oh man. wow,
2: I can't remember. You, you, got,
1: you have like a white jacket on, and it looks like it's oh, from, from yes. the 80s.
2: <laughs> that was my ex-girlfriend, Darlene. We were both like 18. Uh. It's so funny. We were going on a cruise, and I was holding a glass of whiskey in my hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, that was totally ridiculous. different to me.
2: Oh, my God. That was before I knew it. My purpose was just to move heavy junk around.
0: <laughs> 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 to collect for us. your
2: purpose? <laughs> my life purpose was just to move junk around. Yeah, no, that was uh, my me and my uh, my Guido girlfriend from high school. Well, actually, hometown. We didn't go to high school together, but she was from my hometown. And we were going on a cruise out of Manhattan. You go on a
1: cruise for 24 hours,
2: and you turn around and come back. That's what we did. It was silly. Hmm.
1: You had a, uh, like a, a 40th birthday party over the weekend, right? Yep.
2: Plus 15 It was 40 plus 15 Happy
0: 40 Yeah
1: Happy 40
2: plus 15 and We had a, a Blacksmithing event At the At the Blackthorn We had a hammer making Class Which was really good And we were, There was like a break To do dinner It was a private class So you would have had To pay to be involved And then there was a Like dinner and drinks And all that stuff And so we were having the dinner And it's funny When I don't hear from Taylor all day long I know there's always Something up So I didn't hear from her All day long Like I texted her A couple times She didn't write back I figured she she's busy with the horse or whatever, and then out of nowhere she comes strutting into the kitchen. I mean, into the dining hall at the the Blackthorn, and I was like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Oh, just coming to say hi." I'm like, "You didn't even know I was here," you know. The, the, the way me and Taylor non-verbally communicate all day long is we track each other. We both know where each other's location is. So like if I need to see her, I'll just drive to the location and just like we, it's okay. We get, we have an open door to surprise each other. There's never any secret. So she probably just saw it. She, she was plotting the cake with Rob Rojas. So thank you to Rob. Mm-hmm. For, I know Taylor will never listen to this, but I know Rob will. So Rob, thank you very much. And they were plotting <coughs> uh, putting this cake together. And Rob did a great job. He put An anvil, an ice pick, some wood planks on top of the cake. All edible, by the way. Oh, wow. And Taylor picked a cake that was like four feet by two feet, I think, was the size. (laughs) That's a big cake. Quarter quarter of a sheet of plywood, (laughs) yeah. So they... They uh, decoed the cake, and everybody at the at the little event had one piece. And then there was like probably eighty percent of the cake left over. So it's been sitting here in my kitchen, and my brother's been staying with me. So between my brother and Ryan, and whoever passes through the kitchen, is like everyone keeps like starting a new spot on it to like oh you know this looks fresh, so let me eat from this corner over and. looks like a bunch of rats have been at it. So yesterday I came in. That's
0: what I was going to say. It looks like probably mice have been all the way around the outside of it. And it
2: it looks like, well, I came in last night and the cat was laying on the top of the box. (laughs) The cat, my cat just ran by. She was literally curled up on top of the box on top of the plastic. That was the lid of the thing. Completely, the cake is completely mushed into her body shape. (laughs) Get get off the cake. So I got her off the cake and I just threw it away. But... Mm. Yeah, that was my birthday this weekend, so thank you, everybody. I got lots of well wishes online, so everybody, thank you. You guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Now, I think I'm now the officially the oldest person on YouTube in our space.
0: I <laughs> doubt that. Seriously. No, jo- I mean, we
2: I were don't. just talking about George, and George is older than me. We were joking about age, and you know, George Von George is in amazing shape. I thought he and I were the same age. I didn't know. He's 10 years old, 8 years old, 5 years older than me, something like that. Hmm.
0: Wow. So. Cool. Well, you've been making anything? Now, you know, the, I, I the pulled my tiles out.
2: I was able to dry my tiles and fire mm-hmm. them, and I used two types of clay. One type of clay obviously holds a lot of bubbles that get bigger, so a couple of the tiles look like a piece of pizza that's been baked in the oven with big bubbles in them, which is kind of cool. And a couple of the tiles look really good and flat. So it was, uh, you know, the more you do anything, the more experience you develop. And, now I know I kind of – I. I rammed the clay thinking I was getting all the air bubbles out. I obviously didn't do it well enough because the tiles have, like, these big bumps on them. And I also learned that you can't hang a tile off a shelf because it will droop like a cookie over the edge of it. I didn't realize that. So I had a couple of little pieces of tile hanging off of the the interior shelving in the kiln. So as they cured, they oh. slumped, which is cool. Mm. Like, this is, this whole video is just going to be me experimenting with clay. It's not going to be. It'll be a talkie. Hmm. But as far as anything brand new, that video is still obviously not going to be done for this weekend because I got to glaze and let that dry and then fire the glaze. As far as this weekend, like I said, I might run a repeat, something that nobody's seen before on my channel. Yeah. But I ha- I've been really just cleaning up. It's just been spring cleaning. I did uh, the website's selling lots of stuff and so I sold out of my little injection molded keychain. So last night you guys saw me on on Instagram, firing up the injection molding machine from APSX, getting that thing going again. Ryan, uh, sorry, Aaron was the last person to run it, so it took a few minutes to figure it out. But I got it, Yeah. the settings and stuff.
0: The thing seems pretty cool. I'd like to find a reason to have one, but I, I do not yeah, have it's that cool. reason yet.
2: <laughs> I wish the tooling was a little bit easier to make, because I would yeah. like to change up the tooling. But it is a challenge. Even they, they said they would make tooling for me. I just have to come up with a good idea.
0: It's me. Cool. Right on. David, what have you been up to? Uh,
1: as soon as we get done with the podcast, I'm releasing a video on a outdoor patio table. It's every so many months we do a project where it's just a circular saw and a drill and this was one of those projects. It was supposed to be super easy and on one day. It was uh, it was gonna be a one day build. And because I didn't follow my own directions. I drilled holes in the wrong place in the angle iron and it turned into a two day project. So uh, it is a one and a half day build I guess. But uh, that is coming out today and it's it's uh, I, I, it, really, it looks really cool. I took the uh, I had some panes of glass cut by my local glass company and we took vinyl and we colored the underside of the panes of glass and so it has a nice bright vivid 80s look to it. So that's that's what's coming up today and then i got a uh, we got a couple other videos in the works the box cutter video that i've been slowly working on over over a month is almost done and a wooden coffee mug video so maybe some viewers can give me some suggestions but years ago i made a wooden coffee mug and i lined the inside with epoxy in the video i said this is not food safe and if you have any suggestions for an epoxy that is food safe that can handle temperatures up to 200 degrees plus let me know and there were some suggestions but it's really really hard to find um, epoxy that is food safe with super hot liquids and so I found some metal uh they're actually like stainless steel whiskey glasses that's almost the exact same size as the inside of a coffee mug, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. kind of insert that into the into the wood and so really it's nice idea. Cool. yeah I like yeah that. I got a couple of them on Amazon and one is uh one is just plain stainless steel straight up and down sides uh and it holds like i think eleven ounces of fluid and then yeti makes this is not the one but yeti makes a a coffee mug size thing with their with their little pop off lid and it's a little bit bigger and so I'm also going to try to and it's stainless steel and I'm also going to try to insert that into there so uh, yeah, just I was scrolling through Pinterest a few days ago and just this wooden coffee mug came up and it was just absolutely gorgeous and it reminded me of the one that I made years ago I'm like I want to revisit that so that is, that is what we're working on
0: cool yeah that's a good idea to put the insert into it yeah
1: so i I guess this one's also that would also be a rerun if if jimmy's putting out reruns so am i
0: (laughs) i'm not i mean (laughs) maybe i don't know (laughs) um so our video that's coming out this week is a really simple like almost almost dumb (laughs) so simple uh painting stand so i've started preparing some of the pieces of the karmagia and like the hood and the, the uh, engine lid and some smaller pieces that just need primer or paint or whatever and i wanted to have a way to hang them up and prime a bunch of them at a time i'm using this epoxy primer that is a it has like a you know we've talked about it before but it has a separate Thing in the bottom of it where you have to stick a pin into the spray can and it pops an insert on the inside of the can so it's a two part thing that you have to then shake up um, but it has a shelf life so once you mix those two you have I think four days to use it before it starts to you know set up inside the can
2: and what, and what, so, color, what colors were you working with?
0: oh this is just the primer oh right right so right this is, yeah this is just like a great primer um, but I'm trying to get the parts that are ready for body filler which are, I mean, the hood and the, and the engine lid are the only pieces that are at that stage. But trying to get them primed so that then I can be, you know, doing a little bit of body filler work on them here and there. While it dries, I can be doing something else. So I wanted to have a way to hang these things. So I made this really simple hanging rack, like a clothes rack that you would see at a store. But so it has a, it's like an upside-down T for the two ends. And then there's pipe that run between them. But I wanted it to fold up so that I could put it away and it didn't take up a big floor space. So I found these, um, uh, they're like structural something. They're made for railings, for making a railing, you know. And so you have different flexible joint pieces to where you could put Schedule 40 pipe into one side of it and and then screw it into a wooden surface on the other side. But it has a joint, so it can you know, bend to the, the shape of your stair rail or whatever. So they sell these at most of the big box stores in a few different sizes, but I took advantage of that bendable nature of those to have the pipes run between these two ends and the whole thing be able to flex and be able to fold up on itself. And then I ran like a diagonal piece on the bottom to that center pipe to lock it into place anyway, it's very easy, there's not much to it, but then as I was building it, I was kind of like, this will be a quick thing to throw together, and I realized <clears throat> these fittings are made to be put into place with a railing, and then they're locked in, and they sh- they shouldn't be able to move, and so they have, they work really well in one direction, but they have a lot of slop in the other direction, now, this is really hard to imagine probably, but they're not made to, to need to hold something in shape. They're made to be set in between two things that are fixed, you know, mm. two railing pieces or whatever. And so, the way I was trying to use them, they just have a whole lot of slop. So this, I built this rack, and the whole thing racks left and right. You know, like six or seven inches. So it would be totally unusable. You know, it's just too floppy and too.
2: See the diagonal so, there somewhere
0: well it's not even that yeah i mean you could but you'd have to put one on both sides and even then there's a lot of slop to it and so (laughs) i ended up taking these fittings that i had already had to modify to make them work with what i was doing and then there's like a pin that goes through the two parts that that bend so i had to drill out the pin figure out a way to get washers inside there to snug up the fitting of the whole thing and then put in a new bolt and so i kind of remade these fittings but it ended up working really well it just wasn't as simple as i originally thought it was going to be but so now i have this rack that i can hang stuff from and the cross pieces are just schedule 40 pipes so if i need to make it eight feet long i can just put in eight foot pipes if i need to make it two feet long i can put in two feet pipes so how are you connecting um, the
2: pipes do they slip in is there like a little helen yeah these
0: fittings have like a grub screw on the top so the pipe just goes in and then fits down and that's another thing about them that is not made to like they're not made for this because that that grub screw makes it so they're not really centered in the fitting you know it forces the pipe in one direction and so if you have them forced in different directions then it doesn't line up perfectly and stuff like that but it works for what it is.
2: Now, are you gonna? So, you're using you're using these cans for primer on the on just the small parts. So you gonna use it for the whole yeah, car? Yeah.
0: No, just for the small parts. There's, I've got um some Eastwood epoxy primer, like a big gallon of it. For oh
2: the, yeah, I was just wondering because I mean, think those body. cans have gotten so good. I'm just wondering if it's possible that you can prime a whole car in in sections with those cans. I'm wondering if that's possible. I would
0: imagine you could. It'd probably just be more expensive, you know, because yeah, right. they're they're pretty pricey uh, per can. Yeah. So I really just got a couple of them to try them out to see how that would work on the small parts. And then I ended up getting a few more. Because, like, I I'd, I'd, uh, primed the hood and then did a little body work and then had to sand that. And so then I was kind of exposing some of the edges around the, you know, the body filler. And so I had to get some more. So I'm saving the big mixable stuff that you use with a spray gun for the body of the car when I can just kind of yeah. do a big piece at one time. But that's the plan.
2: I, I did a finished paint job uh, years ago on an antique Cadillac I fixed up. And everyone kept telling me, you can't paint in your driveway. You need, you need a spray booth. You need a spray booth. And I figured if I did paint half the car, say, for instance, one side left from bumper to bumper, that would be a nightmare to control. So I figured if I just painted one panel at a time, wherever it bled up to a body line. So I did that over the course of a month and I did a really good job. It really came out Hmm. nice by just literally isolating the fender and just taking the day to paint the fender and just making sure no bugs land in it best I could. And when you Hmm. use lacquer, it dries fairly quickly, quickly enough where a bug won't live in it. And then I painted the door, the back door, the rear fender, the lid and the roof and so on and so on. And I did that over the course of about a month. And when I was done, it looked pretty good. You also had to make hmm. sure that like the paint you just painted was dry enough so that I could accept a piece of masking tape. That's another problem too. Oh, right. So, probably took longer than a month, but I just took my time and I was able to do it that way.
0: I am dreading the painting process. <laughs> I, I'm really? really far away from it. Yeah. You <laughs> so, to do I, that. I don't have to worry about it yet, but I am dreading that, just how finicky that's going to be, I think when I get there. But Pretty sure. I've actually been working on the Karmanghia a lot over the last couple of weeks. And I, I know I talked about it a little bit last week, but I don't remember where I told you I was in the process. Um, this might be a topic. I don't know. <laughs> so the, I, I had to cut out, and I've got the thing on the rotisserie, right? It's lifted up in the air. And there was rust about six, eight inches up all the way around not completely gone but there was damage all the way around up to that high you know and underneath the doors the rocker area there's a there's the outer rocker skin the part that you see from the outside of the car and behind that there's this heater channel that connects the front of the car to the back of the car this is all off the frame remember there's no frame for this car so i start cutting out sections and I'm like working on one side of the car and I'm like well I'm going to work on this side of the car so we can film the other side of the car. And then Anthony got there and I was like well well, I guess we can start filming the other side of the car so I'll start cutting that stuff out. And then after a few days I realized that I was just continuing to cut in because every piece I would take out I'm like well I can't put rust I can't put new metal on this rusty metal I have to cut this too and then this too and then oh the one behind that also has to go and I've done this on both sides. And I stand back, and I'm and like... There's a windshield frame and a
2: frame for the deck lid. I,
0: I have lower. no... Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> about... No, about eight inches up, it looks like a car. But eight, eight inches down, there's no car. There's no reference. <laughs> and I realize scary. I'm supposed to be welding stuff back in to nothing. Yeah. I don't know where anything... Go- I mean, like, I can visualize where it goes, but as far as measuring, where does this point touch? There's nothing for it to touch. And I got really scared. for about a day I came home one night and I I couldn't focus on anything and I couldn't sleep and I could I was just like I I ruined this car there's not enough to come back from (laughs) and I was so terrified just like I I really screwed up you know and there's a lot of things that well you could we do on a daily basis where we make a mistake and we have to figure out how to come back but there's always a way to come back from it yeah but when you cut out the wrong part of a car, there's a significant possibility that there's no way to come back from it.
2: Well, if you save the scrap...
0: I did. That's a clue. And I used that. It's a clue. It is a clue, right. Yeah, yeah. I tried to make some measurements from the scraps. Um, and <laughs> basically, I, I spent about a day... I went over there and I just stared at it. And I was like, well... You know, if this is the, if, the, imagine this point in space, if this point is true, like if, you just put in a variable, it's like doing algebra, you just put in a number here, and if that number is one, then that means that these other ones are this, and this is this, and this goes here, and this goes here. And so I was trying to work off of some imaginary fixed point, and I went through the whole gamut of, I guess I could take it off the rotisserie and try to set it on the new parts on the, Frame and try to line it up, but there's not enough structure there to actually support it. And you know, I was just like, I, I, I really messed up. And I want to be clear: there is still a possibility that I really messed up. No,
2: <laughs> it's not all good. If it's there, you know, when but, I get when I get to that point where it's just like, oh my god, there's no coming back. No, 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 no. There is coming back because it's here. I'm here. Yeah. The metal's here.
0: There's right.
2: reference in the world. We could figure it out. I mean, you might even be able to find like. From the from the top of the the hood seam all the way down to like the first crimp. You know, you might find measurements that some nerd put online. You know, you could or you could go find another car in a parking lot and go measure all that stuff.
1: Mm,
0: I thought about that. I thought yeah. about trying to reach out to somebody that had one and try to get some measurements. The hard thing about or one of the hard things about trying to do that kind of work is like trying to get measurements is everything. This is one of the last cars that was handmade. Mm-hmm. It's one of the last bodies that were you know, they were pressed pieces that were then soldered together, like with lead solder. And so there's a huge amount of hand shaping on the, the outer part of the body. And then the inner parts that I'm replacing, these heater channels that are, they're kind of like structural, they're not outer, you know, body shape. Those are reproductions that are not exact to the original. Yeah, you got to deal
2: with some of them a lot.
0: Yeah, so like I can't even say that this new piece I'm putting in, its height being you know four inches i don't know if that's right i mean it could have been three and three quarters it could have been you know three whatever so there there are very few known fixed points in this entire thing which is i just didn't think about that Hmm. and what i should have done was work on one side at a time and not touch the other one so that i could have gone over and measured well you know these pieces are overlaid like this over there or this one is this far from this over there and I just got yeah. excited and got ahead of myself and just started <laughs> cutting stuff out. <laughs>
2: That's what you should have done.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So, basically, I got to a point where I, I, I turned on the camera. I don't know if this will make it into the video or not. But I turned on the camera and I was like, I'm tired of being afraid of this. I sit here and I stare at it and I can imagine and I can think and I can plan all the. But eventually, I got to weld some stuff together and see. It's going to be right or it's going to be wrong. And if it's right, awesome. And if it's wrong, then I will have to deal with it. I will have to deal with it, but it'll be later, <laughs> you know. So I, I put these heater channels in as best as I could. These are on opposite sides of the car. So I measured, you know, the points from side to side, all the way up from the back, all the way to the front, and then tried to make sure that those were the same as the floor of the car, which it's going to be sitting on, which also has to be replaced, So it's not really even true, but, you know, it's a thing I have to measure. So I tried to line everything up, um, just tried to be as thoughtful as I could about, well, you know, if this is here, then that's going to cause this down the line, and the the body panels are going to have to go onto it this way. And, you know, I'm trying to think as far ahead into something that I don't really know. It's just a weird thing, you know, it's, I, I absolutely bit off more than I can chew, but I've already got it so.
2: one thing that will help you too i don't know how i don't i mean i don't know in, in, being not directly at the car it's hard to say that this will work or not but when you work on a boat i know for instance when i did the the canoe you use level as your friend so i know you're on a rotisserie but you might be able to yeah. get the car you know some like maybe the trans or the drive shaft channel or whatever i i know it doesn't have a drive shaft. it's all rear wheel right Mm-hmm. But whatever, well, whatever the flattest yeah. spot of the car is, try and get that as level as possible so that when you do the door threshold and some of the other things that have reference lines, you know that you're level instead of just kind of yeah. guessing what looks right. And it, as much as you possibly can get it level in your X and Y axis, and th- then you can Unfortunately, start.
0: I can't because I thought about that. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, at the very least, I could put a level across between these two things and then just whatever angle that is at least copy it on the other side of the car you know I mean even if it's not flat problem is that when I made the rotisserie the (laughs) this is so stupid that it goes back this far but I I have considered this when I made the the circular locking plate for the rotisserie that locks how the whole thing turns if I had put one more (laughs) hole in the hole pattern then I could have gotten the thing perfectly vertically. It could sit perfectly vertical, but I didn't. I put one fewer than I should have, which means that the whole thing has to be turned just a little bit. So it's like a like three degrees to the left. Right. I cannot get the rotisserie to be perfectly well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I can give you a suggestion.
2: The, you could just with a few people around get it as level as you possibly can. Pull all the pins out. Put a couple of ice grips on the two plates, and then when you feel it's exactly what you want. Put one little hole in, that is the, that is the exact level the hole.
0: The one. Yeah, oh. you know? that's a good idea. Yeah. And then
2: put a pin or a bolt through that one isolated, and you know that when those, just those two holes line up that you drill through both plates at the same time, that's level. Or at least it is yeah, in that that's room. that's good.
0: You know. That's a good call. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> For that moment in that <laughs> right, particular right. setting. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I'm at with the whole thing. I, I did yesterday uh i I went in and i just started welding the heater channels i had left them you know uh had i bought like a 15 pack of vice grips from amazon (laughs) which you can do and it's not very expensive so i used these things all over to clamp the thing the heater channels to the pieces that were existing and like every place i could to just fix it you know and uh yesterday went in and started welding so it is attached right or wrong at this point but I think it's I think it's good. I don't think that it's so far off that I'm gonna have major problems in the future. I think I'm gonna have to work around the fact that I did not plan ahead. Mm. And, but I also think that's kind of inevitable, right? Like when you're cutting apart a car and you're putting parts back in that were made by somebody else, it's not like I'm putting the same pieces back in. I mean, you're gonna have to like hammer it into shape at some point, right. Mm-hmm. Am I just telling myself that to feel better, <laughs> or is that true? <laughs> no.
2: When you get these menu, because I did it with the Chevy a couple of years ago. When you get those parts, they don't always fit, and I had to fake some of the body lines with bondo. So there are, and this is a complete no-no. I know I'm going to get some haters, but you know, the edge of a fender if it doesn't look right i could go in and weld and add some edging to it but on a couple of the edges of the fender i put just a little bit of bondo it'll chip off but again it looked good for the video
1: yeah
2: but you shouldn't put it in the middle you know it
1: has to be in the middle of something not at the edge of something typically that is a technique though that classic car builders use to get perfect lines in like doors and seams it? Is oh, to you've use seen it? yeah yeah oh okay so cuz i thought it, it was just cheating it might hold better than you think as long as you don't, I and mean, it needs
2: a significant chip or bangaboo to to actually reveal it. So hopefully, if as long as you don't yeah. chip or bangaboo it, you're going to be good.
0: I also got some reinforced body filler. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a thing with Evercoat recently, and they sent me a kind of the variety of products that they have, and one of them is a Oh, what did they put in it to reinforce it? I can't remember now. Fiber, fiber but it sounds strands? like it's fiber yeah, strand? it may, it may have like fiberglass pieces in it or something. But it feels like it. Their description made it sound like it was made for that, for for putting in places that are not you know mm-hmm. flat, or, you know, not surrounded by metal. That like they are edges or they are corners or they are whatever. So, I mean, I may have to do that as well.
1: Yeah. I think um, Eastwood. I think it's Eastwood. They have a video on getting perfect like door gaps, and, and they use some sort of technique like that. Oh.
0: So, yeah, cool. Another thing I ran into, and this is another. This is huge, like bigger than the other problem <laughs> in my mind <laughs> is that, uh, so I, I, when I took the doors off, before I took the car apart, I welded in rods in the door opening because I know that this whole thing without having a frame, it's a unibody, it's, and you take the doors out, then it's going to start to flex. And being on the rotisserie, I knew that it would flex and so you know, people recommend that you put in these bars across the door to hold the gap when you go to cut sections out. I put these bars in, I had trouble getting the car off of the chassis with the rotisserie originally, and so I think I put a lot of stress on those bars and on those door gaps at that point. Then I got it all separated, lifted into the air, cut all this stuff out, which changed how the weight of the car was holding against itself. I think it put a lot more weight on those braces than it originally had when there was more to the car and so then I got to the point where I needed to weld these heater channel sections back in and I thought well vertically I need to know where they go underneath the door. That's one of my reference points is the bottom of the door. I can you know I can use that it's a thing I can recreate so to do that that would mean that I have to cut out the braces that are in the door well. Oh boy. Yeah. Put the door back in so that it fits in the opening. Oh, and then boy. use the bottom of that door as the thing.
2: <laughs> so well, you got the earth underneath. You don't forget, you can always just like have two by four, sure, and everything.
0: Yeah. Well, kinda there's like no structure to this car. That's the thing. Mm. There's no like here's a flat thing to stick yeah. something right. to. It's just Anyway. So I I <laughs> was like, I'll just weld on a new set of, instead of in the door well, it's not going to be as good. But on the face of the inside of the car, inside the door, I will put on some new braces. <laughs> I, I understand that it's not as good. I knew it would not be as good. But, you know, in the few minutes it would take me to put in new braces, cut out the old ones, and put the door in. And the door itself would hold the gap. Right. Theoretically. So I do this, and one door does not fit. Oh, By, boy by like a significant margin does not fit. Oh boy. And it's like the whole door is <laughs> is is is, <laughs> is tilted. And this was the point where I thought I've actually ruined the car. Like yeah. everything's like, fixable. I, I, I just remember, I don't know everything how you is come fixable. Maybe
2: not by you, but everything is fixable.
0: Yeah, but there's also like a a a point where fixing something like that is not really worth. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't video, pay that much for the car. I know. I know. I know. Production. So, anyway, I got this this one door it just wouldn't close. Like it would it was rubbing at the top and it's close, but it's not really there and I could kind of force it close, but I knew that wouldn't work long term. And so I was curious whether the other side was going to be as bad cuz if so, if they're both messed up, then I folded the car and it's not really going to be unfoldable. <laughs> so, I went over and I basically just did the same thing to the other side. Put on the door and it closed. I'm like, "Oh, Okay, maybe I didn't. Maybe I ruined half the car <laughs> 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 instead of the whole car. The, the passenger side door will close. It's tight. It's touching, but it will close. And so that shows me that the, the, the whole body is not ruined, but something is messed up on one side. And that's when I was like, okay, I just got to move ahead and start welding stuff in and get this thing shirt up some somehow. And so I did another thing, which is a good thing, It doesn't sound like it, but it's a good thing. I ran a a 2x8 through the car, like through the the windows, across the car, and then put in a beam in the ceiling and then ran a hoist up to that with some straps. So I lifted the hoist just enough to take the weight of the car off of itself, you know, so it's not sagging in the middle. So you open the the top of the door jams open a little bit. Well, it's like in the window, like where mm. your head would be, is where sure, sure. it's touching. Sure, sure. So I mean, did it did it you know, like, did it
2: open the top of the door jams a little bit by doing this?
0: No, because I didn't want to. I didn't pull it up. I just but touched it, like just really? barely, just enough to stop it from like sagging anymore. Because if I'm going to have to do all this other body work on stuff on it, I mean, I don't know how many months that's going to take. And if it is sagging because of the weight of the car, I just wanted to try to counteract that. So it's really crazy looking right now because there's, it's on a rotisserie. It's, there's a board going through the car that has a hoist going up to the ceiling, and then the doors are, like, on, but they won't quite close. Can, Bob, can I can make a, a suggestion. Mess. Do you
2: know sure. any online YouTube guys that w- could come in and spend two days and get you, like, at least oh, on man. a yeah. road to recovery? <laughs> Do a collab with another yeah. Carmen Ghia guy.
0: I mean This way he, I, you can get I,
2: yourself on a good straight and narrow, no no pun intended, and right. then you give him some exposure. And you know, you
0: guys could do a I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't I know of some, I don't know them. I'd have to like invite them in, reach say, out, you know,
2: say maybe I bit off more than I could chew, you guys could teach me, and then this way they leave with everything kind of tacked in place and you or at least on one side, and then you could mirror that same technology on the other side.
0: Yeah. It could be. Uh, I mean I might be at a point now where I'm either too far along to undo it, or I'm good. No, I mean, honestly,
2: remember this. Everything is fixable. It's just obviously if you want to put the time and energy in, that's a different story. But, I mean, if if money and time is no object, everything is fixable. You see some of these cars that are destroyed. You know, people sell totals, you know, totaled insurance, air quotes, totaled vehicle, to some kid who will... Take the complete nose off of it, bring it to a body, straighten and straighten out the frame and, you know, some of the primary sheet metal at the firewall and then get it fixed up again. And then, you know, it's like a genuine, incredible comeback story, you know? So right yeah. now, you're low. You're, you're low right now. Yeah. You could do this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was sitting at lunch yesterday and I was thinking about this because I had just been out there. I just welded all that stuff in place. And... I was thinking about it and I looked out the window and I saw this like tow truck drive by with a like a Ford F-150 on top of it was like one of those flatbeds and it was on top and this thing had I, I don't know it caught on fire or something it was it was a heap of a car like there was a very little car left but it wasn't in a junk pile it was on the back of a flatbed going somewhere and I thought like Wow, like somebody's willing to save that for some an F one fifty. It's like not even there's billions of those things, Right. but it somebody is probably going to save that thing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have it wouldn't be traveling the way that it's traveling. You know, and I, I kind of got the same thought there that you're just saying is like it's probably fixable, even if I screwed it up really bad and made it worse than it was before. Which I don't know if that's possible. Uh, I think I can probably come back from it. It's just going to be another extra bit of time and an extra bit of money and an extra bit of figuring that I'm going to have to do later on. But at least I know it's coming. You know, I, I, I can think about that going into it. As I put on the floor and all that type of stuff, I can realize that I need to be measuring everything all the time. I need to be checking you know all the things i know against the things that i can see before i remove them and taking better notes and you know so i mean i'm learning stuff from it for sure but man a couple of days of just like i i really screwed up (laughs) like well that's i mess up a lot of things in life but you know
1: the second carmen guia is going to be so much better
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah never again Uh. with a carmen guia We'll see. Buy
2: a, go find a great, beautiful Carmen that's been upside down in a puddle. And then you just take the
0: top off and put it on the bottom <laughs> of yours. I cut it in half. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, Brent Brent's probably listening. Hey, Brent. Um, is one of our friends from the internet. And about two months after I got this car, he sent me a link for a Carmen Ghia that's it was like within a hundred miles of me. It was very close. For less money than I paid for it in at least twice the condition. It would have been such a better starting place. It would have been a lot less to do. It was something I could have jumped in and driven around for a while and then fixed as I needed, but I just didn't see it in time.
2: I have a funny story about my, I just did a couple stories on this little 77 silver Stepside that I bought a few years ago. I bought it to give to Willie, but it needed so much work, and now Willie lives with his sister. So it's here. So in the beginning of the winter, I brought it to get a new, because I I was bouncing around the property with it, and I knew it had transmission problems. And then one day I got in, and it didn't go forward, didn't go backwards, did nothing. The transmission was completely shot. So I called up this local guy, and his name is JR. JR came and picked it up, and he called me. He's like, yep, needs a full new transmission build. I said, do it. That's what it needs. And then this way I have a sturdy mechanical car. I could do some body work on it. Took it in November. He had it. I went to go pick it up in like, say January, and my trailer had some mechanical issues where it was tilting but not tilting enough, so I couldn't get my car on it, I couldn't get the car up onto the tilt trailer. So I said, you know what, when you have time, you bring it to my house, he said, no problem. So now it's January, February, March, now it's like the end of March, the beginning of April, April 1st, I go in and I speak to his son, I said, can you drop the car off at my place? He says yeah uh i thought you wanted us to do the brakes we were waiting on the brake parts for the emergency break i was like you know what i told your dad that i'll do that he goes oh that's the whole confusion i thought we were waiting for your brake parts that's why we never brought it over i said no no no. i told your dad that i was going to do it because there was too many parts to order i didn't know what it needed okay no problem so we have the hammer class and i'm talking to one of the guys this guy dan great guy at the hammer class and he's into chevys and we're both talking chevys i said yeah, I got this little silver square body that I just had a new transmission put in, and they were supposed to drop it off Friday, but they never did. I told them where to put it, put it in my back driveway. I go, but it's not there. He goes, and now this is Sunday morning we're talking. He goes, oh, yeah, Friday afternoon. I saw, like, this silver chevy on the back of a flatbed it drove right by the restaurant which is this little place in town he goes i was eating at angels sitting in the window watching and i saw this beautiful little like rusty silver square body drive. i go that sounds like my car He goes i go my car had like the 70s graphics on it that are all he goes yeah 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 look like the camper special with the i'm like wait a minute it's not in my backyard where's my car now this is sunday this is sunday (laughs) afternoon and he and i are hanging out i'm showing him my shop and we're driving around so We drive in my back driveway. I go, it's not here. He goes, it was going this way. It was driving. It drove right by Angels. And I was like, okay, it's got to be just one that looks like it. And I kind of showed him like a vague picture that I had. It was only just the back of it. He goes, that's exactly the car. I (laughs) guarantee that was it. So I'm like, okay, where did they put it? And so now I casually drive up and down both streets. My house is on a corner looking to see if he put it in the wrong driveway. Because it was his son who had never been here. And then I drive over to JR's, which is about four miles from my house, me and, me and uh, Dan were in my car, and, he, and I, dr- I go, it's not here. So now the mystery thickens, and I'm like driving all around my neighborhood, I drop him off, and then I drive all around that night, I'm looking in every driveway, I'm looking, all right, it's not at his place, it's not at my place, where the hell is it? So Monday morning, I call JR's, and I say, hey, and I, the sun picks up, I go, hey, I'm just uh, wondering where my car is. And he laughs. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, <clears throat> we went to drop it off, and we realized the transmission was, was still leaking. Well, even we, because we probably put in a faulty seal. So as we were taking it off of the flatbed, I realized we, we got to fix this. So we brought it back, and he goes, we're fixing it today, and we'll drop it off tomorrow. So that was a long story. But for about 24 hours, I thought my car <laughs> was missing in the wrong driveway, Pretty. and I couldn't find it. So hmm. that doesn't have a great ending other than the fact that I got my car back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good. And,
2: uh, and I got my car back, and now I have all the parts for it. I'm going to start working on a little bit of body work, the windshield, some of the interior and everything. But it's it's a really great, solid car. The story of the car is I saw it uh, last summer, I guess, summer or two ago. I saw it sitting in a field, in this guy's storage field. He's got a couple things in there. And had a big camper back on it. And the thing was doing a wheelie. This camper back was way too heavy for it. And I come to realize the reason why is the whole entire bed of the truck was completely rotted. Every single mooring point, every frame attachment was completely disintegrated, gone. And in my stories, in my Instagram stories, you could see last winter where I put, I fixed the whole bed with the structure. Nothing, I never really did a proper video on what I did there. Anyway, so uh, when I saw it sitting there, I asked a mutual friend of ours, I said, do you know what Sal's doing with that car? And about three months later, my mutual friend Dave reached out to me. He says, I got that car from Sal. It's yours if you want it. So I bought it from Dave. Long story short. So now I have this sound body car. The story of the car was, Sal got it from the family of a man who died in 9-11, supposedly. And the guy was fixing the car up. It was like a hot rod or whatever. He's hot rodding it up. And he passed 9-11, and the car sat at the family's farm for 18, 19 years until Sal got it and now I have it so it does look like somebody put some TLC into it and then it just sat because all the surface rust it was like sitting under a tree but the interior was somebody redid the floor and it's got all fresh paint on the floor and the quarters but then you know, when it just halted 18, 19 years ago everything kind of started to get messed back up again just from Hmm. sitting so when we finally got the engine started and everything it was like choking and spitting but my, my buddy Mike he Put a lot of time and energy into getting the engine running while i was doing making it season three i think so that was like yeah you're in africa so I, I left the car with him so now it's mine it's in my possession and i'm gonna try and do the right thing i will certainly not cut out all the body parts and everything without any <laughs> reference so thanks Bob, for <laughs> to <teach you> that.
1: <laughs> a good lesson learned
0: yeah don't do that Man. Yeah, David. Is the weather getting to the point where you're about ready to start working on your car?
1: Yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty close. Um, I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on myself to do every, everything, and hopefully, it's not such uh, a rabbit hole as yours. I just want to I I, I I just want to do a little bit of body work and, and paint the outside, and hopefully, it, it doesn't reveal any kind of disasters. Um, just right now, there's no there's no room in the garage there's like it's it's pushed up against the wall and i think i would be more motivated if i did have a space where i could walk around the car and had room to do this i just don't right now so we're getting close and i'm the thing is i go through waves of excitement so when i got the car last fall and i started investing in all the stuff that i needed to do it i was like ready to go i'm like soon as spring hits we're gonna we're gonna start tearing this thing apart and Dig dig into it, and now that spring is here, it's like, oh yeah, I've got other things going on. So <laughs> uh we'll see. I mean, it, it'll it'll happen. I the great thing is it runs. It runs fine. The inside yeah. is really nice, so I can drive it around. It's just the outside. There's no there's no clear coat on it anymore, because it was probably just a stage one paint job, and that clear coat has gone away. And there's uh, primer spots on there from. When my dad tried to, or when my dad did some body work on it, so this doesn't look great on the outside, but on the inside, it, it it's amazing. So,
2: you know what I did, Dave? When I got that blue truck fixed up, I brought a piece of the car to the place. But I was, able, I don't think you really have any damage to the point where you got to cut a piece off. But I was no. able to bring a piece of scrap to The paint guy, so you could probably bring the car to the paint guy, and they matched it exactly like the paint was they just literally put like a laser on it. Oh, yeah, pulled the color up on the computer screen, and they because it didn't have like a body number, it was just a mixed color, it wasn't a body number from Chevy or anything. Yeah, and they matched it exactly. Mm. He said. The paint is probably faded or whatever. He said this will match it to whatever color it looks like now. So I didn't actually paint the roof or the door pillars or anything. So I was able to match it exactly.
1: I have the paint. I mean, the paint s- is sitting seamless underneath this futon feet- oh, feet- yeah. over here. So uh, it's not you know going ma- mean. to it's not going to match what's there now. But it's going to, it's like Eastwood's. Uh, Eastwood has like four different whites and. Uh, oh, okay. So, so
2: that's so what I'm saying if you didn't feel like painting the inside of the doors and stuff, you know, you could kind of end yeah.
1: it. I think the first thing I need to do is I, I want to do a door first or a fender, just one, one at a time. Because I don't have a full like compression yep. system like Bob does, so I'm just, I'm just going to be the guy who does one thing at a time. And uh, the first thing I need to figure out is how to remove door trim. And uh, I haven't even researched it. I'm kind of hoping I don't have to take the whole door apart to unscrew from the inside, but maybe I do. So...
2: Sometimes you do in those old cars that they're screwed in from the inside. The new cars, that popped in from one side.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm sure that's like a factory decision. So we'll let the interior guy do his work while the exterior guy does his work. Yeah. Whereas you know, nowadays, everything's just popped in with a plastic thing. And the old days, like when I took my Cadillac apart, my 50s Cadillac, everything had a nut and bolt on the opposite side, mm-hmm. even if it was buried inside the trim in the door. Mm.
0: A lot of the, like the trim on the carmen Ghia is... Um, there's these plastic, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a like two two flat pieces of plastic that have a almost like a rivet kind of thing behind them. that goes into the body so it leaves these two little plastic rails on the outside, and then the trim has a gap on the back side of it and slides over that. So you have to get all of these little things in line and then you slide the piece of trim over it. Now to take it off, they're plastic so you can pry them and they snap. To get it out Um, and so i guess i i I guess putting it back on would be pretty easy if you have those new plastic pieces Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's something like that then getting harbor freight has a set of trim removal tools and they're just like blue plastic pry bars basically and there's all different shapes and different sizes for five bucks and that will help you get underneath them and not scuff the paint not mess up the trim the chrome or anything and so that'll help you at least figure out you can start to pull one apart and see what's underneath there what's holding them yeah. together and then if it's if it's nut and bolt like he's talking about you will not be able to move it so you'll know that pretty quickly too but those plastics um <laughs> almost said spatula that would work too but uh, you know those those tools are a pretty good way to experiment and try stuff without worrying about scratching yeah. up the paint. Yeah,
1: I have a I have a yearly subscription to a website called Classic Car Restoration, and it's just full of videos. So I'm mm. sure something on there will will tell me what I need to do. Or uh, yeah. there's a there's a nice little website called YouTube that has a bunch of tutorials as well. I heard about Never that. heard of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, uh, anything else going on? Any other? Mm-hmm. Thing mm-hmm. anybody else screwed up a car completely? <laughs> no, just me. Okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there because they're awesome and we're really grateful for them. Uh, and there's a bunch of people that help us out. We've gotten some new uh, supporters over there this past week. So, hello to everyone. Welcome. Thanks for the support. And uh, everybody gets the after show which is more of us talking about stuff, probably different stuff, maybe secret stuff. Maybe. I'll give a little update on my secret thing that I've been talking mm. about. Maybe. Uh, nothing amazing. But if you want the after show and you want to just help out the show, we would appreciate it very much if you went to patreon.com slash making it and join up at whatever level makes sense to you. Uh, we have a top tier over there, and they are – Above and Beyond, they, they really help us out. They are Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from ManCrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Low End Designs, Odin Leather Goods, and Full Steam Designs. So big thanks to them and everybody over there uh, that helps us out. We are grateful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So go join that crew if you want to. Mm-hmm. We, talked about, um, we talked about doing shirts again. Mm-hmm. Making it mm-hmm. shirts. Right after the postcards. we still cards. thinking about that? Right after our post- after the postcards. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, postcards. What are you huh? How about that? Did I? T- we talked about doing shirts and if we do shirts, I think the Patreon supporters will be the first to have access to them for sure. So maybe we'll we'll work on that again and get Did
1: those. I did I tell you that I was working on a video and I didn't read the agreement completely and it said no logos in the video? And in the video yeah, yeah, I'm wearing idea. my so, uh, making it sweatshirt the entire time. Yeah, I spent I spent a full day of removing the making a logo off of me. That was, yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> so
0: I I don't I don't want your making it shirt. No, oh, okay, yeah, all right. We should make a shirt that just says like, not a logo <laughs> or something, and we all wear that all the time so that we can we don't have to think about it. It's funny. People who were listening to this show left lots of comments on my, my storage video that I made for the back of the Land Cruiser where I said I couldn't mention the word Land Cruiser. Lots of really funny comments from the listeners of this show talking about that, so I see you guys. Thank you. My, <laughs> it was very funny. My
1: favorite comments are the podcast comments. They they, they know the, mm-hmm. the inside story of a lot of things, and they'll, 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 they'll say something that other people wouldn't get, so I appreciate yeah. them. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, well, um, you got anything to recommend this week?
1: I do. I do. Uh, there's a channel, and it's, it's a pretty big channel, but this guy's name is Johnny Harris. And I think he used to work for Vox, but he makes these like 30-minute videos on just like various subjects, and he tells the story so well, and he's so good at motion graphics and keeping the story going uh just absolutely amazing so the the link that i'm going to put in there is the real reason mcdonald's ice cream machines are always broken and it's fantastic i mean this video's got like 10 million views so it's it's pretty famous but it sent me down a rabbit hole of this guy's channel and they're they're so good he's it's just in youtube like everything is like you know 10 minute videos 15 minute videos and that's the that's the length of our attention span but when he puts out a 30 minute video I'm just like totally into it he's so good so Johnny Harris and the real reason why ice cream machines are always broken it's he, he really dug in and did his research for this one
2: did you happen to see the, the it might have been a reel or something that popped up it shows a guy ordering he's like hey does your ice cream machine work they go yeah it works fine he goes okay can I get it and then you hear like a big crash he goes it just broke. <laughs> did <you see> that? <laughs> no. It's really funny. He's like in the middle of ordering and you hear something fall and, and she just goes, oh, our ice machine just broke. Now, I don't know if it's a joke, but it was funny the way they did it.
0: Hmm. <coughs> oh, you forgot to step on the Sorry, button. I forgot to mute that one.
2: Bob sneezed 30 oh, times man. and that was the last one. I, I, think. Yeah.
0: I apologize. <laughs> I thought I had the mute button down on that one.
2: Did you guys anyway. see uh, Pasc makes makes a brass padlock from scratch. Um, I saw the thumbnail. Shoes. I haven't
1: watched the video yet. It looks yeah. incredible.
2: Great. great. He's like solving and figuring out all the machining issues two-part video. Go check it out. He's, he's when he sets his mind on something, he does a beautiful job always. And and the graphics and texturing the background, he, he had to resolve each problem, which was
0: great. Oh man, I'm going to sneeze again. I get in this thing like I either sneeze 3 times or 30. And I have sneezed 30, I think 33 is my record. <laughs> and I felt like my I was just going to explode. It feels terrible to sneeze that many times.
1: Uh, maybe we can break the record oh, in the after man. show.
0: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, all right, so mine is, uh, we talk about Donut Media a lot, but they recently have started a new series where they are they're taking cool cars, like older cars, and then they mess them up. And if people can fix the car, they get to keep the car.
2: Oh, yeah. I started we watching that cl- one. One
0: of them. Classic trucks. Did you watch the truck one?
2: I, I didn't. I got interrupted. I didn't finish it.
0: I started watching. Well, it. it it's a lot of fun. So they, you know, they pick four or five things that they remove or unhook or whatever, and then the person has to diagnose it in two hours. I think pretty short amount of time, um, but it, it was pretty fun. So, and they've got a couple of them. This is the only one I've seen. It's
1: a great way to learn something. So, I, le- I like. I pick up on something every time yeah. I watch one of those videos. Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) You know, last night we were watching, there's this cartoon uh, called Adventure Time. Excuse me, that came out several years ago. And it's wacko. Like, it's just a crazy cartoon. Every episode's totally different, and it's whatever. We've been watching it with kids, and it's a lot of fun. And last night, and it's set in, like, a mythical land where there's all these monsters and everything. Last night, the one human character found a truck. And so they brought this truck over, and they decided to figure out how to try to make it work. And so they called their friend Banana Man. And Banana Man came over and started describing to the the human and his dog how an engine works. And so he goes in this totally weird cartoon, goes through like a pretty decent description of how a piston works and how it draws in fuel and air and does compression and then spark and everything. And so we're watching this, and I'm like, oh, wow, huh. They turned this into a little learning moment for some reason. And my daughter looked over, and she was like, is that how it actually works? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you just learned something. It's really funny because it's not at all an educational show. It's just way out there. And they had this one little sequence where a banana told you how an engine worked. That was pretty good.
1: Donut Media has a has – a, they made a great little jingle, and it's, it's like – it's it's called suck, squeeze, bang, blow, like the the four cycles of uh, uh, <laughs> of an engine, and it's so catchy and it's so good, and it's so silly, but it's a great way to remember how an engine works.
0: Yeah, they're really good
2: at what they, they are. are, and it's funny because when you hear that, it only makes you think of an engine and nothing else. Right, of course,
1: suck, squeeze, bang, blow.
0: So anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you next Later. Week.
2: Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Don't <laughs> <feel it. laughs>